Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Arminet Podcast. I have with me as always Dagger. Dagger, Hello. are you there? Yep, I am here. And we have with us this very, very early morning, Bohemia Interactive. Yes, finally. Uh, finally. Um, Yoris Jan uh, is with us and uh, Petter Kohler is with us. Are you guys there? Yeah. Hi. Good morning. Nice to be here. Good morning. Good morning. So, Bohemia. <laughs> Maybe uh, introduce um, your, your, your role yes. um, at Bohemia. Well, true to be told, we are not uh, exactly the whole Bohemia, uh, because there's a plenty of other uh, people in Bohemia. We are kind of working there. Uh, I was the encoder before, and now I'm project lead of Pharma Free. Uh, so I've taken Yoris's role, who was the project lead of Pharma Free before, but he can tell you that better. Uh, well, yeah, so like Petka said, I used to be uh, the project lead with ha and having Petka as my uh, awesome uh, encoding lead, uh, or also known as Lord of the Bounds to many of the community members. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, I am now the uh, local project lead for the new Amsterdam studio, and so I'm focusing on the uh, codenamed uh, Orange DLC. Awesome. Excellent. Very awesome. Um, so let, let's let's get into this real quick. Um, let's let's uh, please remind our listeners oh. if they haven't had this burned into their memory at this point, <laughs> what the Armin Gmail yes. is, and then I'm gonna need you to give the Twitter because I, yeah, I've forgotten that again. Again? Yeah, again. All right. <laughs> if if you need to send us an email uh, with any questions, you can hit us at armanetpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you also have forgotten our Twitter, it is at armanet underscore podcast on Twitter or the Twitter, depending on uh, how you say it. How old you are. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that would be uh, also a good indication. <clears throat> so. Project lead for Arma 3, Petka, uh, and now uh, project lead for um, the Amsterdam studio, which puts you over orange. Uh, Yoris, um, what does your role entail on a day-to-day -day basis? Uh, well, besides listening to your podcast on the way to work, obviously. Sweet. Uh, <laughs> I try to uh, guide the development of the DLC, so now specifically the Armor 3 Orange DLC, and maybe in the future other kinds of projects. So that means uh, looking at the schedule, budget, uh, tasking, evaluating the game itself and playing it, obviously. Uh, but also to help run the uh, studio itself, so for example, recruiting new team members especially the last year, because we started really from scratch here in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And and then, of course, there's still consulting uh, the broader Armor 3 development with Petka and with all the awesome people back in the Czech Republic, checking out Dev Branch and uh, the change logs, for example. And then any, any spare time I still have left after that, because uh, my roots are with uh, designing and scripting and these type of things, I try to do some hands-on development. But I must admit, uh, I don't get a lot of... Uh, hands-on like that anymore but yeah that's basically it sounds it. like time can be a little limited yeah, yeah definitely yeah well, we we use a lot of our time playing the game yeah, so, so we completely understand <laughs> sounds great how about you Peter? <laughs> well uh it's a bit easier for me because most of the time i get the feedback about the game uh 
mostly by listening to your podcast, obviously, because that's the best way how to get the feedback, you get the feedback from me. Uh, and uh, then uh, I go on, on meetings and discuss the way how sh should we proceed with the game, with all the people here or with theories. And occasionally, if I have time, uh, I do some hands-on configuration uh, because that's something I really love and I kind of miss. But yeah, that's the way how I work. It sounds like a blast. Um, you you guys' jobs are have got to be awesome, by the way. Um, For we, sure, yeah. we love what you guys yeah. put out. So can you can you give us a little bit of insider information on the, about the culture of Bohemia Interactive? What's it like to work there? Well, Did do you, you want to tank? tank? Yes, we <laughs> um, have a tank. Yeah, we, we have a tank. That's uh, something to say. So the... the most prominent uh, thing about our culture because uh, every time in the morning when you are in Mishek you see the tank and <laughs> that's something that really inspires you to do the best you can because uh, yeah you know that the tank is aiming at you all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's <laughs> gonna be is. good for morale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like it really looks like. Uh, She's trying to judge you if you are worth it to work in at Bohemia. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm calling her she because that's Edita the tank, so she has the name. She even has her own Twitter account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what What's the Twitter account for name? the tank? Uh, I'm not sure. I know the handle. Uh, I think Bohemia hand. tank. Is Bohemia it? tank. Well, yeah, that is, is beautifully simple. Actually, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> At Bohemia yeah. Tank, got it. Okay. At Bohemia Tank. Yeah. All right. Besides that, I would say uh, with Bohemia, what I really enjoy is uh, the freedom on every uh, level of development and, yeah. and just working for the company because I've had the uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, work with Bohemia for very many years now, and it's just always been really, really awesome. Where you can really sort of pave your own path in in the company and like do different kind of roles and have contributions on any level, like whether it's pitching a project or just one feature or uh, making okay. changes to how things work. That's that's just really a cool feeling. Yeah, yeah. And, and the best thing about this is that uh, even Marek Spaniel uh, is taking care of the development and uh, you can just casually walk to him, ask him some questions and then uh, get uh, the answers directly from, from him. Uh, and that could be done by everyone, like uh, even the juniors ask him about some questions, so that's great. Like, uh, it's really a huge family, I would say. Right. So, yeah, we care about ourselves uh, as a community and uh, then about the community outside the same way. Right. right. And, you know, uh, before I go into the, the next question, now that we're just we're speaking about Bohemia in general, um, and Reaver, you may have some specific people you want to call out for this, but uh, we did just, before we get too deep, want to say thanks to, um, you know, Bohemia and several people there specifically who we've talked to uh, multiple times over the past, you know, eight months or so who have helped us on various things. I, I know Bohemia Beck I've had uh, conversations with um, regarding various things. So big thanks out to everyone at Bohemia who's who's been yes. part of the conversation and really been open to the show and, and, and helping out. 
Cornell as yeah. well has been uh, exactly. very helpful in getting this together. So yeah. um, thanks a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and from our side, so we would definitely really like to thank you and all your listeners for all the support and for the show. And it's, it's been really, really cool just hearing your perspective on uh, whatever we communicate or yeah. what sort of issues are uh, important to the community. And also just hearing the insight to how the community units operate and how they plan their operations, these type of things. It's just it's very inspiring. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, one, one question I've always um, wanted to ask you guys, and, and there's been various articles um, with other games that have been released through Steam and what their experience was. But, um, you know, Arma 3 was developed um, uh, utilizing the early access program on Steam. And I've always been curious, and, and I was in on that from the beginning. You know, I was, I was in on Alpha, and I would download the updates, eagerly wait for larger updates uh, as the game was being developed. But how do you guys feel um, uh, early access either helped or hurt Arma 3? Do you feel like it was... Um, Looking back on it in hindsight, do you feel like it was a good um, path to take with Arma 3's development? Well, that's nearly four years by now yeah. since the Alpha. <laughs> yeah. The time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I think that it was the best uh, decision we've met, we've made because uh, we've created the dev branch uh, and started with daily updates, and the community helps us a lot. Like the feedback we've got, that that was really priceless and uh, yeah, something we needed to, to have. So obviously uh, there were some hiccups with that because uh, back then Early Access wasn't that uh, popular. We were actually the first game that went into Early Access just a few days before the Early Access program started. Oh, uh, wow, so, <laughs> yeah, And the uh, first to and, graduate from it as well. Yeah, wow. uh, and the graduation was the hardest part actually because uh, yeah, the players have already got all their, their toys and have given it a try and then there is a release and bam, nothing new. Yeah, mm -hmm. so uh, that was quite a surprise, but uh, yeah. It's almost like, like a second release at that time and, and it's like, what do you do to, to drum up excitement for a second release? Yeah, right. but yeah, it, it was totally of, worth it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Exactly. yeah, it's really like a sort of shift of uh, how games are released anyway <clears throat> and how they become more and more these long-lasting uh, services. And then yeah. you don't no longer have this really release moment like you used to have. Like one day, this is really the big event, and it's more of an ongoing thing where you get little packages of new content over years. And I really, I think we all at Bohemia really quite like it. And yeah. with Arma 3 as well, it's sort of a special case because we started very traditionally with Arma 3, even, uh, let's say, one or two years before the public alpha release. Yeah. And then uh, then we made quite a big review of the project and a sort of change of direction. And we went with the Steam Early Access because it came along. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of it turned into a little bit of a perfect storm because... Steam started supporting the Delta patching so that we could do these daily experimental updates and uh, generally be more flexible with our releases. And also for things like live streaming really kicked off uh, big time. So it, it gave us a lot of great insight in how people yeah. are playing the game, for example. Right. <laughs> and you guys just had um, another project graduate from Early Access, right? I think it was Take on Mars just actually like fully formally released? I think well, it's, it's just about to, to, like in, about to in early weeks, February. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. 
Nice. Yeah, so, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's one of the ones I own. <laughs> um, and and Dagger talks quite a bit about it, so he, he yeah, yeah, definitely is interested. In I'm kind of a space nut, though, so yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's been four years, guys. Uh, yeah. What has been your favorite release or update for Arma 3 so far? All of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that diplomatic answer. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Patka. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for stealing that, but yeah, it's it's true. Like I feel like every one of those updates we've made because they always add something to the game, and we enjoy playing it. The community enjoys playing it, and we see that, so that, that's great. Like if I need to pick one, I would actually pick two. <laughs> okay, uh, then it would be Eden and Zeus uh, because those two. Uh, made the gameplay completely different, uh, like with Zeus, uh, the Game Master mode, that's something completely different from what it was before, and Eden redefined the editing of the missions, like, completely. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the whole road to Apex and Apex itself, it's great, but, yeah, like, those two are my favorite. Great. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna agree that for me as well, I was I was actually going over all of these spot wraps, uh, and Trying to see which one I liked most, but it was I think Eden Update, obviously because of Eden Editor, also yeah. because I had a background in scenario design, and as you, I remember all of the fun we had with the 2D editor and <laughs> constantly pre like going back and forth previewing just to move a little bottle on a table, for example. Yeah, well, yeah. and but the other part that uh, is very important with Eden Update was the combat audio. There was like a bunch of improvements yeah. to. How it all, how the distant sounds of machine guns and all these things uh, were made to sound much nicer, and I really also like that part of it. Yeah. As a mission, to, as a mission builder as well, a scenario builder as well, I, I can definitely uh, send my thanks to the entire team involved in Eden. Um, it has saved a lot of my personal free time and given it back to me. So <laughs> it really has. The, when when he was using the two D editor, he. Uh, uh, he would call me and be like, "Yeah, I'm just editing something, and it's it's friggin' I'm twelve o'clock hour, at night. I'm on hour number yeah. eight or whatever." But you know, the funny thing about um, building missions in, in Arma and way back in the day, uh, Flashpoint, um, is that even with the two D editor, it was still always fun. You knew there was some sort of magic there in the power yeah. of the of the editor. Um, that yeah. you could really do anything, and in in our Milsim group, we've I've had I've kind of preached that to some of the people that don't build missions. I'm like, you should try it because it's a lot like playing with military Legos. You know, it's 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 just do whatever you want. And to me, building in the editor is like another way of playing Arma. So sometimes I just get yeah. on because I want to build. So that's yeah. true. And it's, it's generally, we consider that a very uh, important way to play Arma, because I even know that uh, our CEO, uh, Marek, he, this, is, this is how he plays Arma. He will chuck in a few groups in the editor mm-hmm. and just uh, pit them off against each other, and that's it. You have a combat scenario. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah Dagger, Dagger will do that when we're bored um, yeah. at the end of the night. Yeah. So. And then we used to set up... Um, well, just to give you an example of like the, the, the power of it, and again, it's something to speak to because a lot of games have editors and stuff to some degree, but Arma's is truly like, there's no leash, you know, it's it's just all open, but there's, to speak to the power and flexibility of it, I mean, there'd be days where 
me and Reaver were maybe in a in one of our training courses um, running it and, and playing it and then we just activate Zeus I'd put down some ramps we'd spawn some go-karts and next thing we knew we were playing for another <laughs> hour and a half just seeing how far we could ramp go-karts on the runway yeah. in Alta so um, <laughs> it's again yeah. it's just it's that yeah. it's just the power of it so cards wow. the dlc that no one expected but everyone is playing with so yes. yeah so, <laughs> right right but you guys is you guys is uh video for cards alone um <laughs> dagger and i laughed for quite a while and then he told me it was out and yeah. and i was like no it's not and i was like come on that was a, that was an april fool's joke and he said yeah. dude it's out yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah we had some good fun with that <laughs> yeah like even creating the video was great like yeah oh i'm sure i'm sure so, what do you guys think of the current state of Arma? Um, did you did you see uh, where the game would be uh, at this point, or or has it taken an unexpected turn somewhere and and it turned out to be great? Um, the the turn that it took. Um, are are you guys obviously you're happy with where it's at? We're we're definitely happy with where it at where it's at. But um, is it where you saw it? Uh, you know, four years ago. <laughs> I, w um, I would say that none of us really expected yeah. how uh, we would end up here because there was, and I think we've already mentioned this in some kind of uh, dev diaries before, but uh, like in the months before the early access stages, we, we were actually at a point where there was a small chance we would never release an Arma 3. Yeah. We had several crises uh, or crises that were overcome uh, in the end, fortunately. Yeah, by uh, Yuris mostly. Well, by the whole team, I would say. <laughs> um, and then with every year seeing how still popular and how many players were playing, how many great mods came out, how many units there were, uh, we were able to add yet another year, another roadmap. And then I think yeah. none of us expected that three or four years on, we would still have a very uh, big development roadmap for 2017. So that's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, back when Eurus has taken the lead of the project, uh, it was, okay, we are going to release the game, and that's it. Like, there's no, no future for it. But then, eventually, the players start playing it, and they like it. So that was great, and we eventually decided to do the DLCs. And not a surprise, they've actually bought the DLCs, and they've played it. So we decided to do the Apex. So, yeah. <laughs> and Always... Obviously, it was a great surprise that uh, something that, that we do is actually that popular. Yeah, and there there is of course a flip side because uh, we all know that there are definitely issues in the game, and there's things that we would like to have fixed. Uh, meanwhile, and that maybe aren't fixed, and uh, that it's just I would say it's a big, beautiful beast uh, that is both contributed to by us and the community and. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's very hard to, to fix certain things, but we definitely keep trying and keep trying to make it better, add more features and content. And, well, I think, you yeah. know, it's something to, it kind of speaks for itself when a game that is this far along in its life cycle, I mean, four years is, is quite a while in, in a game's lifespan that you still do have such a full uh, 2017 roadmap. I mean, 2017 is looking to be one of the most content-filled years of the game's release so far. Um, but if you don't mind me asking one, another question here, Reaver, um, specifically, you talk a little bit about, you know, Arma 3's um, 
beginnings, you know, it's, it's production beginnings, having some, some <laughs> roadblocks. Um, how, how do you guys feel it was to, to develop Arma 3 after the monster that Arma 2 was? Obviously, Arma 2 was out for a while, had, a, had big community support, a lot of mod support. Um, you guys had a number of expansions with Arrowhead and, you know, uh, British Armed Forces and BMC and uh, there's a ton of content for that. Did you feel when, when Arma 3 um, was starting that there was a lot of pressure to, like, how do we... How do we, you know, overshadow Arma 2? How do we make this feel bigger than that? Well, we actually shot ourselves in the leg when we did Arma 2 as big as it was, or as it is, because, uh, yeah, like, doing anything afterwards is nearly impossible. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've given it a different try this time to make not that many assets, but uh, of let's say, higher quality. Right. Uh, because if I remember the times when we were approaching Alpha, uh, the number of times the assets were tested, like the off-road, it, it was tested for months uh, and tweaked and polished. And uh, yeah, like that that's one of the uh, vehicles that's been tested the most and uh, polished the most, I would say. Mm -hmm. Like compared to the Arma 2 levels, it's something completely different. Yeah, and and besides that, we we have tried to a little bit stimulate also the mod community by, for example, releasing those licensed uh, sample yeah. packs or the the data from Arma One and Arma Two. Right. And and that that led to uh, various mod teams, but most uh, famously right. the community upgrade project. And that's I, impressive. We yeah. can only have like endless respect for the people involved with that and the work that they have done uh, yeah. on a voluntary basis because they've not only ported the existing uh, assets, but also, for the most part, taken them to the Arma 3 tech uh, specifications. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and it's, that yeah. is just something and really to improve. To, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've had, you know, multiple conversations with them, and, and they're good friends of the show. And, and, you know, I've always thought it's amazing that some of the features they've added to this content. But it's something we remind people, especially... Um, you know, people who may think, well, I don't understand why Bohemia hasn't fixed X, Y, or Z. And, uh, you know, and of course that immediately when internet anger sparks up, people go, well, they don't support us. And it's, um, people sometimes forget how much um, Arma has done on the asset side of things, but then just on Arma 3 tools, um, all the tool sets and, and, and you know, configs and write-ups and everything that you guys have released for the mod community to do this stuff, so... But yeah, like there is even a plenty of work done by the community itself. Like uh, the community is uh, just barely managed by us, but all the stuff that the community does there, that's great. Like, you cannot Im even imagine modding the game without that. Yeah. And and over the years, we've sort of we've tried to uh, how to say professionalize some of these aspects. Like an example would be uh, a well-known community member, Killzone Kid. Who yeah. is meanwhile uh, an external contractor of ours, and he is really a great technical liaison between the community and the mod teams and us. And you you may have noticed over the last year, especially, there's been a lot of new script commands, event handlers, mm -hmm. and config parameters. That some of them we even had no uh, immediate use for ourselves, but they were identified to be very useful for mods, or they would solve certain things that. When they were done via scripting, they would be too slow and performance demanding. 
And yeah. so by putting them in engine, it makes the game better for everyone. Right. So that that's an, one example of uh, trying to uh, make this more streamlined. Yeah. You guys, um, you know, Reaver was just asking. You know, did 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 uh, was your favorite update so far? Your favorite release or DLC? What was you know? Just, how, how do you see the state of the game now? Uh, Kind of focusing on the other side of that, do you, do you have any regrets um, at this stage of the game's release? Or, or maybe not even regrets, but things that, well, in hindsight, maybe we would have approached that differently or, or communicated that differently? Well, from my point of view, it's uh, always the visual update because it's great to see the game upgraded and uh, how it looks now. And uh, the way it looks, it's really great, but uh, then... Uh, back then, we didn't have any documentation for that, so the community was struggling with that. Uh, so we hit them quite hard, and we are trying to fill in the gaps in the documentation. And something of my pet project is to bring all the flares and stuff like that into the correct levels, because yeah, I, I need to finish that and release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the visual update was, um, I, th- I thought, a really interesting one for its... its when it was released in the game's life cycle you know there's a there's not a lot of games that do um large um visual updates you know halfway through their uh or after being released for a certain number of years so um when that came there was i I know from the community a little bit of hesitation well there was that initial excitement you know that oh this is going to be great this is going to be fantastic and then people forgot oh there's so many maps out there we need to get back to work you know yeah yeah, because and also it started uh, actually mostly because we wanted uh, a different lighting feel for Tanawa. Obviously, it's like mm-hmm. a different part of the world. But then after a while of uh, R and D, uh, the person uh, responsible was really like, okay, we might as well just increase it or improve it for the whole game. Also, Altis and Stratus. So. But yeah, unfortunately, we could have handled the uh, documentation better, and it's something we try to improve every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> Bohemia uh, has released a ton of great tools for mod authors. Uh, authors? Authors. Yeah, authors. Uh, <laughs> the authoring community is great right now. Ha- has there ever been a time uh, a mod author has created something that, that you guys, as the developers, thought wasn't possible within the game? Every time. Yeah, <laughs> time. literally every day. <laughs> like, uh, once you give the community to, the way how to modify the game, it, it always surprises you. And uh, like the, the community we have, they are simply great and uh, I would say splendid even. And uh, yeah, every day there is a new surprise for me on the workshop. Mm-hmm. And, well, and even just the, uh, the the general notion that somehow it is possible that uh, there's 100 plus uh, player servers running with each yeah. having 100 gigabytes of uh, mod mixes by various authors and then connected to persistent servers with stuff like Alive. It's not, we this The game just wasn't uh, originally built for it, so it's amazing that it somehow even works and that we are able to support it at least to some degree. And it's very cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Doug. All right. Um, I was just curious if you guys could talk a little bit about, um, uh, you know, 
how the Apex expansion um, changed things. I know you're talking about um, mod content out there and, and you, you know, bringing whole new things to the game that maybe it was never designed for or you never expected. Um, Apex um, was your big expansion released last year. Um, before that, there had been DLCs released, obviously, um, but Apex was the first... Uh, or has you know been the the big expansion release for Arma? So can you talk a little bit about the what the Apex expansion brought to Arma Three and and what it what kind of base it's giving it to go forward? Well, from our point of view, it's not only the Apex itself, but the whole road to Apex. Because uh, since the initial release, uh, we were kind of moving up or snowballing into the apex uh, because uh, yeah all, all the things that we've released like the end game or the previous DLCs, Eden editor uh, that's uh, part of apex from our point of view and indeed like releasing Tanoa that's something completely different changes the game uh, with the jungle you are able to see the, the enemy actually not as a few pixels but up close to you that, that's great yeah um one uh, you know one last question kind of and this this is kind of just a general um you know arma question we we have questions uh you know that do focus on the community and, and, and modding and and, and uh, all that kind of stuff which we do want to get into and and as well as other things but um just from a general arma sense you know I believe I read in an article that uh, in Arma 3's original kind of build, it was uh, maybe leaning a little bit more different than just standard, like, uh, kind of military realistic portrayals. Uh, and I could be wrong on that. But um, do you do you feel like Arma's success is rooted in its realistic portrayal of kind of military combined arms? And is that where you see Arma staying for the most part? I would say the short answer is yes, and also I, I, I think we have mentioned in the buzz that indeed the Arma 3 started its life as an expansion more to Arma 2, it yeah. was codenamed Futura, yeah. and it definitely had a very different uh, sort of vision. It, it, had a very, it had very cool aspects to it, but after a while we really did realize that this was not the, the approach we felt was right for a next major Arma title. Like it was yeah. more spin-offy. Mm -hmm. um, but what I also must say is that a lot of the work that was done for that project, we were able to leverage in the eventual Arma 3. For example, a lot of the assets and like vehicles and also Altus itself, for example. And does a change like that, so you say, you say it was kind of uh, developed with this almost expansion um, to Arma 2 uh, mindset, what had to occur for it, you know, a, maybe a studio meeting or something to happen to say this isn't right? Was it was it just play testing? Was it was it feel? Well, we came to to the conclusion eventually. Like uh, we were feeling that we are doing something bigger than uh, just an expansion and uh, something quite different because if you expand the game and uh, set it uh, in a different date then you have the problem with the previous assets in the game obviously like with the vehicles weapons everything and then you set it in 2035 
the the costs are completely different. So you realize, hey, that expansion is actually not an expansion; it's a standalone game. Mm -hmm. So let, let's make it a st standalone game. Uh, but yeah, it was really slow, and uh, some of the issues that we were facing afterwards were uh, due to that that we didn't realize. Okay, we've changed the scope from the expansion to something a lot bigger to, to the new game, to the new Arma game. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and and so back then we we did a quite a thorough. We called it the project review, and it was uh, several months worth of interviewing every single team member and asking how we might uh, get the project sort of back on track and back to an Arma vision. And we did, we did, yeah, we did big changes in the teams, and uh, we joined forces with between various of our studios, and also we made pretty radical changes within the the game, like the the orbit of assets and factions and those type of things. Uh, so that was that was a pretty tough time, but I think we got through it in a really really cool way. I would have to agree, and and mm -hmm. you're sorry. We 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 jump around sometimes on our show with questions, just kind of depending on on how the conversation's flowing. So I apologize. Mm -hmm. I, I may not have given you a moment to uh, speak on the Apex expansion. I was just asked a couple questions ago. Um, how do you feel the Apex expansion brought Armor Three forward? Uh, well, yeah, definitely. As Petka mentioned, uh, what is very different to the traditional way of developing uh, years ago is that. Indeed, we had all these things leading up to the Apex, or the road to Apex. But for me, it's simply Tanoa. It's, I really, from the moment that we first prototyped uh, the new terrains, and we had sort of the mandate that we needed a unique new sandbox environment for, for the game, for the expansion. And we, the first thing we did after early brainstorms, we, we quickly mocked up three areas of the world. And uh, Petka could uh, help me remember exactly which they were. I think one was sort of Australian-based, one was more yeah. Scandinavian-based, and yeah. the last one was eventually Some what it would end up being. Yeah. 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 And so it was really important to us that it would be a contrast to Altis and Stratus and offer new kinds of gameplay and still be a great Arma terrain that you could use in very many different ways. And then over time, we, we, we did research. We had a field trip to, uh, because it's geotypical uh, Fiji, but not geo-specific Fiji. So mm -hmm. it's yeah. different to the real world, of course. But we had a lot of great inspiration from that location. And there was some struggles, uh, like dealing with the performance of the much heavier vegetation, things like that. But in the end, I, I really enjoy seeing how the community is using it in different ways. You have milsim operations, but you also have the survival type, uh, like exile or these type of modes on there. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, and one thing that I'm just reminded of because in one of your uh, former episodes, you mentioned the uh, air traffic control tower on Tanawa, and you, yeah. and I can confirm that definitely the reason it was addressed and fixed is because of your mention. Of it. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was just it. about to ask that question too. Yes, <laughs> Reaver is our a resident ATC, so yes, yeah. I, I used to do that in the military, uh, and and I noticed it. Uh, we were walking through Tanoa. Uh, I, I, together, believe. I believe. I believe. Yeah, we were just flying all over and checking things out. 
and and he had us on an airfield uh and and i noticed it and i was like I, i'm gonna mention this in the next podcast uh and and dagger was like it, they it, it may be something on their fix list anyway uh yeah. so i mentioned it and and it, we saw it fixed uh after the full release and and i was like maybe that's because of me <laughs> i guess it was <laughs> that's nice. awesome so <laughs> that uh that's that that actually made my head a lot bigger i'm gonna have to nice. be yeah, careful I'm getting in my to, car I'm today gonna to, i'm gonna have to humble you later then uh, <laughs> yeah. um reaver do you want to ask some of these questions that maybe focus a bit more on on the community that surrounds yeah the game absolutely and, great so where do where does bohemia interactive stand uh on the mod community as a whole well, the funny part is that when we are developing the game, we are actually modding it because uh, if you see the structure of the game, it's all the DLCs or the beta or release things that we've added, bootcamp, everything, it's actually a mod for the game. So hmm. uh, we are on, on the same boat with the community that uh, as we are modding our game, we are trying to improve that and uh, trying to make it as good as possible for us and for the community and as i said we are always surprised by the quality of stuff that the community is able to do create yeah and and there's a few uh, there's always going to be uh, some more difficult parts to it like what is really hard for us often but also for the community is uh, ensuring backward compatibility with anything yeah. we do so Sometimes we are re we really wanting to push a certain feature forward, but then we realize, oh my god, it's going to break every mod, and we need to think of a more sort of compromising uh, way. Sure. Uh, or or you will have mods that are really exploring fringe engine tech that we haven't used for five years, and then we find out in Arma Three somehow it's not really working exactly right. Yeah. Um, but I I really have to stress that. The, all the benefits to the modding community far outweigh any of these issues, and we have a, we have very many mod veterans who work with us directly at Bohemia or indirectly. Uh, yeah, it's it's great, and and of course you've seen the Make Arma Not War uh, contest mm -hmm. a while ago. That was sort of again us wanting to further explore this relationship. Sure, right. Yeah, it's, well, it's awesome. Let's you know to talk about that relationship a little bit, and I and you know uh, we don't have a lot of really tough questions for the interview, but one of the one of the questions I thought was uh, a bit more um, uh, tougher, and that it's a complicated answer would be just you know we hear from mod members sometimes, uh, mod authors that you know who some feel that, oh, but BI has provided everything in the kitchen sink to, to do this, uh, to do my project. And then you may have others who wish, uh, well, I wish Bohemia was more proactive in helping me solve my mod issue. And there's been mods that have, have kind of raised that flag from time to time, whether uh, legitimate or not. Uh, but in general, what do you think are the responsibilities, if any, for a developer, for a developer to their mod community, especially a game that sets out from the beginning to have support for modding, do you feel like there's any responsibility there, or do you feel like, in your experience, the the best results um, are the are, are the times where you provide the tools and just let them create? That is a big question. Yes. <laughs> um, I think in the end, it's going to have to be a kind of symbiotic relationship, and we need 
like the mothers will need our help and definitely also the other way around and we can't do it uh, either of us alone Mm-hmm. And uh, what we what is sort of our stance on the direct modding support is that we usually say when we get a request from a modding uh, in some private channel, we will usually ask them to place the request in a public form, like feedback track yeah. or forum thread, because we really would like to give this whatever the, the result of this support is that it's available to everyone with mm-hmm. documentation. So mm-hmm. we we tend to not directly work with specific mod teams. But it can always, it has definitely happened in the past that a certain mod really benefited from a new script command and then uh, we could deliver it, for example. Yeah. Generally, I think we, we want to make it that the focus is uh, the platform is for everyone, and everyone benefits from it. Yeah, yeah I think like Bohemia the- has been really good about that. Mm-hmm. Like, there have been some unique cases when we went directly <clears throat> to the mod author and uh, told him or her that uh, the issues that his mod has can be solved by adjusting something in the configs, for example, because there was some oh, yeah. wrong inheritance, stuff like that. Uh, that was, was... was something really specific because uh, you cannot uh, describe that in, let's say, generic terms. Uh, so, so when uh, the mod was uh, having some issues due to the bad inheritance in uh, the config of the mod. We just went uh, to the author and uh, told him what to do. And he realizes, ah, that makes sense, actually. Right. But this this was really a sort of big issue because this was right after a big main branch update. And suddenly we got reports from a lot of players that their game was completely broken. And yeah, yeah. we had no idea because we had not seen this in the release. <laughs> Um, but then, indeed, further investigation, we found this issue, contacted the mod also directly, and it was nicely resolved. So. Right. Well, but you know, definitely- and, and that's something uh, we've even talked about on the show before, is just that, you know, from a game developer's point of view, I can imagine that they have to walk a fine line when it comes to how much specific help they give versus how much public help they give to the community as a whole, because you don't... Um, although helping out, you know, such and such specific mod may seem beneficial to the community, you can't play favorites, and you got to make sure that uh, this information yeah. is available to all. Yeah. So, so. Def- if we if we were to give a tip to uh, mod makers who are seeking support, it's definitely just let's say you want a script <laughs> command, please put it on the public feedback tracker, and then uh, make us aware of it, and that will have yeah. a much higher chance of getting into the game, even if it is for a specific mod. Yeah, there you go. Hopefully, uh, yeah. listeners who have had issues, there you go. Here's your first bit of advice. <laughs> and, and on the flip side, again, I, I will always, or we will always be the first to admit that the the relationship uh, can always further improve from our side as well. Like we, yeah. we definitely, there are many things we would like to have better documentation or better tools for. Uh, we try, but it's we are also. Uh, limited by what we can do, and we, we do our out, best. Turns out, ARM is a big game. <laughs> yeah, go uh, figure. Slightly right? large. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's always a two-way street because uh, yeah, we, when we are preparing the update, we are trying to provide the community with the release candidates that uh, everything's on dev branch for months, so they yeah. could give it a try. They could see if it breaks their mod or how exactly it breaks their mod because uh, there's always something that. Uh, doesn't work as intended, and when we know that uh, there is an issue with something, that we can fix it. 
but if we don't know yeah. that, then it's really hard for us. Because sometimes we get asked if there is some, there's let's say a popular or another popular, but a common uh, issue after some update, and we get asked, well, why didn't you catch that with your testing? And this is really sort of the issue because we do very thorough full build tests, but they take roughly two or three weeks now. Meanwhile, because the game is so massive. Yeah. And we even include some of the popular community modes and mods, but it is just completely impossible for us to test, uh, let's say, 500 gigabytes of okay. every possible combination of mod uh, uh, beforehand. So all the help that we're getting, and a lot of the big mod teams actually really do uh, check for compatibility during the RC stages, so that's really awesome. And then yeah, we usually great. even, meanwhile, they are releasing day one updates to their mods, like RHS and Cup and these uh, mods. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So, 2017, according to you guys, is uh, recently released roadmap, uh, which I, we're gonna we're gonna link to Dagger. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Uh, just in case somebody missed it somehow. Um, it, it looks to be an exciting year of content, uh, both for uh, us as the community, but also for you guys. Um, <laughs> quite a lot of it um was there a deliberate effort uh on bohemia side to focus on the dlc package instead of announcing anything resembling an expansion um i think arma 3 fans they're gonna appreciate the dlc releases more uh, yeah and, and such a variety as well yeah. um but uh, was that a deliberate action on, on you guys, or, or did you just kind of say, after Apex, let's slow down, let's do some DLC? Um, how did that go for you guys? Well, it's partially connected with uh, the, the size of the company, because currently, as you know, uh, for example, Yoris is in Amsterdam, so uh, they are working on the Orange DLC, and it's much easier if they work on that like part partially separate, from the rest of the uh, team, well, still supported, so the whole team actually works on that DLC somehow, but uh, yeah, like it's much easier to do those small packages uh, and deliver the steady flow, as you mentioned, uh, because uh, if, if should we uh, focus on something really big, it takes enormous amount of time, like two years to, to make a new map or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and another thing that we learned during the early stages of Arma 3 with the Alpha, Beta, and then the Survive, Adapt, Win, and all these packages, is that it's, it provided us a really nice way to focus every few months on a release. And it's since we are, we are simply humans, like teams of humans, and it can be very hard to keep focus for a large two-year project. And so these yeah. staggered releases are also very convenient for us. The, the sort of downside is that it uh, creates more stress on our uh, publishing teams and uh, people mm -hmm. like Cornell because they need to do many, many releases in the year with trailers <laughs> and screenshots. And these type of right, yeah. And so so the, the computers haven't become self-aware yet. <laughs> yeah. Not quite yet. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, you know, speaking... Somehow... Yeah. Go ahead. Third, Phil. Well, and maybe in the maybe in the the uh, Arma Three World of twenty thirty five, we'll get those. Um, so yeah. speaking, so um, I guess the first DLC that people can look forward to, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, it's looking to be Jets. Is that probably because it's it, you're staging a lot of that on Dev Branch now, right? Yeah, uh, 
like we are focusing on that now and uh, you may see most of the features or possibly even all of, well there, there's one more uh, that's going to hit DevBranch pretty soon uh, but most of the features are already out uh, to give them a proper try so uh, you can try what's going to be new and adjust your mods or uh, possibly look forward to, to the release of Jets when all these features are going to hit the main branch. Yeah, hmm. and uh, out of curiosity, if I can um, go, uh, catch on from that Anything. question, uh, you know, the Jets DLC, was there, um, taking that as an example, because you guys have quite a few DLC packages this year, was the Jets DLC, was, was that a response to something you felt was lacking in the game or a response to, um, you know, community requests? Uh, well, actually both, because uh, usually it's the uh, armor players in our team who are part of the community, so they know that uh, yeah, there's something missing in the game and we should give it a try. Uh, but this one was mostly based on the community requests, like directly, because uh, there are some voices in the team that even say that just don't make any sense in armor because the maps are not that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, truth to be told, uh, it's hard to fight with the jets uh, when you are able to to see like 10 kilometers and uh, your radar is able to see just two kilometers. So that's why we've decided to change that and to make it uh, reasonable even for the jet fighters to do the dog fights and stuff like that. Right. Great. And and also uh, back to your question about uh, the several of the DLC instead of the expansion is that. Let's say a player may not have interest in one of the themes, then it's quite likely one of the other themes is very interesting. And there's just broader benefits also to modders because we will be able to improve more areas of the game rather than just one. Right. It's yeah, a, and, and again, it's an incremental approach. So, you know, it's, 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 there's a faster process happening there. So mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think that I can speak to that a little bit as a, as a, again, a community member and also someone who, who's very, um, active in building missions and scenarios and, and someone who along with Reaver runs a Milsim group I, I actually mm-hmm. appreciate the DLCs uh, more um, because I feel like there aren't such wild base changes that we are going to have to react to as, as a unit and as a you know as a mission maker and stuff so um, it, coming off and, and although Apex was really exciting and, and I think Tano is like probably one of the best map achievements ever done in arm and arm yep. as a franchise um it's it is nice to know that oh, okay 2017 i don't have to adjust to a visual update or or this or that you know so it's kind of nice um uh, i guess i'll grab the next one here one thing we wanted to ask was um you know without giving out any information you're not allowed to give out obviously um information on dlcs it's just timed and you want to you want to make sure you're you're sure it's going to be like that when it's released before you announce it and stuff but is there anything on this year's roadmap that that particularly excites you and again without giving anything away um maybe on on why that will be good for armor's community well I may be potentially slightly biased, but I am very <laughs> excited, obviously, for Arma 3 Orange DLC. <laughs> and That's unfortunately, it still isn't quite the time to uh, dive into what exactly it will be, but uh, I think we've found a very interesting theme that will 
yeah, as we have cryptically said already, is like a unique perspective on uh, the battlefield. Great. But with some slight specifics, it will also bring just some cool character gear, for example. And what I think you will find also interesting is that there will also be plenty of uh, platform uh, decoration props. So those oh, are free for everyone with Armor 3, and you can use them in creating uh, scenarios. Uh, but I hope that uh, in, a, in a little while when we are able to share more about it, maybe I can come back on and we can dive into that particular deal. Please do. We that would love that. That would be really great. Um, yes. I, I'll go ahead if and... I may, just yeah. one more thing. Is that, yeah, yeah, one thing that I can already speak about and that is that the community knows about, which is just really cool, is that also the 64-bit client executables, yeah. of course. Like, they are not going to be a magic bullet that saves all of performance, but I think they may help in certain cases for a more stable game. So it's cool that we can still deliver those so long after the release. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's again, it just I think it um, stresses the amount of effort and and stuff still being put towards Arma three, you know, four years on. So I know I can yeah. definitely speak for Arminet listeners and saying thank you for that. Um, yes. Now I will go ahead and, and tell you uh yours that um me and reaver have done a lot of um theorizing on what orange <laughs> is and i know i've listened to currently <laughs> um currently i think we're sitting at either a it's well i can't remember well one is that you play as farm animals we could be yeah. wrong <laughs> well, we get that we could be wrong but you play as the wildlife in the army yes. universe so <laughs> And, and do you know that uh, during Arma two times, I believe one of the April Fools things going on was Pharma, and there was like <laughs> yeah. a little screenshot. Of this, uh, like this is actually this is an idea that we've always in our spare time wanted to play with more. We yeah. And also, I remember there was like uh, in the in the uh, Armory mode in Arma two that I happened to work on. There was also an ability to actually play as a rabbit, for example. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. I remember that. <laughs> You know, so I'm not confirming anything, but but you pretty much guaranteed the next expansion. So we appreciate you announcing <laughs> nice. on, the, on the show. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, now, uh, going going off of playing as a rabbit uh, in in Arma Two, I, I have to ask: Were you guys, and this is off the cuff, were you guys a little surprised um, when? Uh, what was it a year ago dagger maybe uh you guys had the 100,000 rabbit issue uh when yeah. um, was was that a surprise for you guys or did you Spetka guys just was even directly involved with that <laughs> <laughs> or directly um... behind it perhaps so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a bit uh, there there was some minor error in the configuration of the rabbits uh, but the the rabbit infestation made the terrain much more interesting because of uh, thermal imaging because yeah. uh, obviously when you are playing the game as it is uh, thermal imaging is quite strong and every yeah. time you see s something hot it means it's an enemy so let's kill it and yeah, yeah. this time it was all the rabbits uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and dagger, uh, dagger and i spent a lot of time shooting rabbits yeah. uh, during that and that is it was... it's actually something occasionally we get asked like why would you even spend resources on things like <laughs> butterflies and uh, right. little leaves in the wind but it's really actually when it's gone then you will notice how much more sterile and static yeah. the environment is mm -hmm. it's very important to introduce moving elements to the scene that are not only enemy yeah. Yeah. and you know reaver especially has said on multiple episodes and, and we said this when we were exploring uh 
uh, Tanawa that um, the ambiance was like the first thing we noticed. Yeah. Um, the sounds, the, the just again the general the tone and feel that always moving you know elements happening. I remember one of the things that we thought was just so cool was just the fact that you could walk by an air conditioning unit in Tanawa and hear it. Oh, you know, man. so there's something to really yeah. be said for that for that level of of detail in these maps. So yeah, initially I I walked by one and was like Dagger, did you put a a, a vehicle down? And he was like, no, why? And I was like, I hear something. And he came over to me and he was like, you're right below an air conditioning. Unit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that and that's amazing. It's, it's something we still hope to bring back to Altis, at least to some degree, because obviously the big windmills could mm-hmm. uh, use a little uh, static sound. Yeah, I can tell you for sure that um, I, I believe you'd mentioned um, that being a possibility for uh, you know Altis and one of the sit reps or something, and I immediately was like, "Well, oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool." Yeah. Um, because I, I tell you, even this far on, Altus is still a really amazing canvas for mission makers um i still regularly build missions there um as a matter of fact it's 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 one of the primaries because i know the map so well now like i know <laughs> great mission places for it and i'm slowly learning um Tanoa, you know and we've actually started building a campaign on Tanoa. but with altus you know uh-huh. i've had several years to get used to it so i feel like i know it intimately now <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah um, oh, thank you. Yeah. So we, <laughs> and, and thank you guys. Yeah. So we did have um, some listener questions sent in. Um, we kind of told ourselves we'd ask more of these or less of these, just depending on, on time. We are mm-hmm. coming up on our time limit for the interview. Um, but we did have, I think we have a couple we could probably get out. Um, sure. We have a um, member of our own Milsim group. Um, uh, goes by the name Shrike, who wanted us to ask a question. Well, he had a lot of questions, but we narrowed it down to this one. Because um, <laughs> uh, some of his questions, he's a pilot, so his some of his questions were specifically Jets related. But um, not to talk about that, but um, I, one thing he was bringing up recently was just MCC, the power of a tool like MCC to do dynamic ops and, and stuff like that. And, and obviously Zeus um, handles a good portion of that stuff. Uh, but has there ever been a desire from the uh, developers to do something like a tool that could generate missions just dynamically on the fly? Well, actually, in Arma 2 times, this is one of the systems that I uh, happened to work on. It was called uh, SecOps, or Secondary Operations. And it was this little module you could chuck in a mission, and then it would uh, spawn like uh, attack location, defend, uh, tactical rescue of aircraft and personnel, those type of things. Unfortunately, in Armor 3, we didn't have the chance to explore that uh, particular way of making scenarios. Uh, yet? It's, yeah, yet. But I think it's re- we all feel it's a very interesting approach, and it, uh, it, it definitely is a way to utilize the power of the sandbox and how dynamic it is. So that's something we're keen on trying. Absolutely. Reaver, I know there's some questions regarding um, UAVs specifically, and I know you um, use UAVs and UGVs occasionally um, in do. our mission. So maybe you want to you want to go on that question. Absolutely. And, was, so, and sorry, real quick, uh, do we have who this was sent in by? Um, we do. Stand by. Let me actually get his name. Um, 
I want to. The, the yeah. last name was a little. Um, actually, yeah, actually, you know, what? I'll give give it to you. It's from E, e. Castro. Castro. Yes, E Castro. Sent, oh goodness! Sorry, guys, that's rude. Um, <laughs> My my alarm is telling me to wake up right now. <laughs> I just thought that was um, e. Castro's theme music. <laughs> it was. Um, so he sent in this question uh, about UAVs, and as Dagger mentioned, I I use uh, UAVs and UGVs quite a bit, um, and I've I've noticed this particular uh, thing, but I kind of chalked it up to it's a tiny thing and and it's going to shake so very high up. But um, when you set uh, the UAV drone into a loiter mode, uh, the camera tends to shake uh, very, very uncontrollably um, at some points. Uh, sometimes you can kind of control it, but I digress. Um, will there be a fix to stabilize that in the future, or Maybe is... Even adjustments to UAVs in general in the future. Sure, exactly. Like generally speaking, uh, there's a bunch of adjustments uh, together as a let's say collateral fix uh, doing the just DLC uh, works. So uh, that could possibly be adjusted. Uh, like I don't want to spark any uh, false hope, uh, but yeah, we, we are trying to address all of the issues eventually. Uh, so it's just a matter of time, maybe get the right people to do the trick. Yeah. UAVs, I think, have always been an interesting um, aspect of Arma 3 because they are such a unique and just in, in military operations in the real world and just they're such a unique platform in that they're active and passive at the same time. So, um, you know, quite a challenge, I think. Mm -hmm. Do we have any more questions from the community? One one more. It was it was submitted by a reaver. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure who that is, but um, the M200. Um, it, is there a chance that we might see a s suppressor for that in the future, or or would that be something the mod community oh, yeah, would I be? Think, I think I know this person. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who is that guy? <laughs> is that a personal request we hear? Is there a feedback tracker ticket for that? I, I, I would, not. I would, I would have to put a ticket in for that. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, as you guys probably know, um, for from listening, I'm the the team sniper, and yeah. uh, I've actually taken. Uh, I'll be honest. We use uh, uh, quite a few mods with with extra guns, and I've tested quite a few. But I've actually you settled on. Yeah. I use the vanilla uh, well, sniper the, rifles. The marksman. Uh, you use a marksman DLC rifle, I believe, right? Or I I, I use the three three eight, the yeah. the Noreen Bad yeah. News, um, and I also use the M two hundred, which yeah. is actually what I've settled on the most lately. Um, but I, I've I've been it's curious. I've been looking. No, it's definitely not broken. Um, it's very very good. Um, I've I've been 
Daggard uh, and I searched the uh, mod community quite a bit, and I've mentioned it in the past, but uh, that is something that I would absolutely love to see. Um, so modders out there and Bohemia, um, I would love to see. <laughs> I would love well, to see. We look forward to your feedback track. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll see what we can do. do your homework, I'll throw Reaver. it in. Yes. Um, I actually do have one more question before we close mm-hmm. out the show, and, and I didn't want to miss this one because it was put on the Twitter, um, uh, on the Arminet's Twitter, and it's from a uh, listener named John Caetano. Hopefully I'm saying that right. He kind of asked a series of questions, but I think I can sort of sum up um, his questions. He, he sort of asks, um, why do, do why do mods like RHS feature things like high beams and interior lighting and, and stuff like that? And why does DLC or why does vanilla um, assets not feature that? Um, and, and so he asked another question along those lines, um, such as uh, view limiters and small windows and stuff. But spe- specifically speaking to vehicle features, I think the best way to ask that is is what is Bohemia's um, kind of opinion on how much detail to give their vehicles? Because one thing I I point out to list uh, you know listeners like John here is that. While mod makers can focus on something very specific, uh, Bohemia has to focus on the game as a whole. And, and as you have, have marketed the game, and as you've said many, many times, uh, Arma is a combined arms game. There's a, a lot of different levels of focus that you have to give the game. So what's your, what's your opinion on that? I would say that in the ideal world, we would love to be able to have detailed interiors in everything. But, yeah. uh, and also in Arma 2, we've had a, a bit more of that than Arma 3, for some of the vehicle categories at least. Like, obviously, helicopters and jets have uh, cockpits. But uh, this was, I would say, one of the uh, sacrifices that we've had to make uh, going back to those uh, crises month, months that I mentioned in the beginning yeah. a bit earlier. Like, we, it was really, it became a question of resources and would we be able to. Uh, model all of those and uh, get them in the game or did we have to sacrifice them in the end we had to go with the latter unfortunately mm. because for perspective it can take us a couple of months to do a really high detail complex vehicle and then a detailed interior model is a, would be a very large chunk of that as well right. so it's definitely and, not something easy and not like to it say that... been double the time yeah Right, and not to say that interiors are on the list, but what people have to remember is that you guys do routinely circle back around to to mm-hmm. projects, you know, with with jets and tanks, DLCs, and stuff like that. There's a renewed focus, and and sometimes that focus could be on features such as radar improvements and and stuff like that. But there's, mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, one thing I've always thought that Bohemia did better than almost well than most developers is that you don't forget your your launch assets is kind of the way i think about it you know there's there's all you always keep in mind that base game that base and and it's easy to forget that sometimes in arma with it's being with it being a platform that you can so heavily mod there's survival uh, um mods there's you know altus life mods it just runs the gamut so you know, the fact that you guys still focus on that base vanilla release of Arma and, and circle back to those assets is, I think, speaks uh, very well to the studio. And it's yeah. a very deliberate choice, too, because, and we sort of put ourselves in a difficult position with that, but our stance is that if we bring a new, let's say, vehicle feature to 
the game, then it's not good enough for us for the DLC vehicle only to have it, but we want to apply it then back to every vehicle of that type. Right. So, for yeah. example, the sling loading technology in uh, Helicopters DLC, it wasn't just for the Huron and the Tauru, but we wanted it back on all of the other assets as well, and for the mod community to be able to use it. Right. Well, I, yeah, I and could... if you occasionally forget to do that, you can see you're jumping on your bike pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you specifically that um, even with our, our Milsim group, the 111 SOG, we we have members all the time, new members come in. As a matter of fact, uh, new members in the past two weeks that have come into the group who mm-hmm. did not have Apex. They had the basic Arma vanilla game. They weren't. Um, exposed to mods, they had never done any modded Arma gameplay, and their entire Arma vision was that base vanilla game. Mm-hmm. And it's just interesting sometimes when we get those members because we go, oh wow, you know, because we've been in such the heavy modded Milsim world. That's like, you know, there's a lot of people out there that Arma three, as you buy it off of Steam, is their world. And um, again, that's I think where it comes back to, you know, the the studio given that attention still yeah. four years down the road is, is really yeah. cool. So, yeah. um, so Reaver, do we want to kind of close out the show? I know I, I on behalf of myself, I want to uh, tell you guys, thank you for coming on and, and being part of Arminet when we started the show. Um, uh, really from before the first episode, we said, mm-hmm. you know, kind of an internal goal of the show would be, it'd be great to, to get these guys on and talk about the game we love, you know? And yeah. so it's been, it's been really cool to have you guys on and, and as always, and you know, it's an open door whenever you want to come back on. So. Yeah, anytime. It's our pleasure. Um, we, we appreciate you guys coming on and, and taking the time out of your day to, to um, talk to us about the game. And, and the hard work that you guys have put in yes. to create something that takes up my Friday and Saturdays nights and routinely <laughs> yeah. uh, pisses my wife off. So, yes. really appreciate well, that. And, and from us, again, thank you guys for uh, running the show and for running yeah. the unit and for every listener and community member out there for just making Arma what it is. It's yeah. Every day, it's it's just what also keeps us going and it's it's just a lot of fun. And this was a lot of fun, so I look forward to coming back. <laughs> yeah. We look forward to having you back. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. And in the future, as, as DLCs uh, release, and you guys are able to talk about them, and you and you want that platform to just another way to reach out to community. I mean, you're, first off, I will also say that your sit reps, um, although they're more infrequent now because you guys have, as you announced, you know, you don't have an expansion on the horizon, so it's not every mm-hmm. week you're releasing. I will say that the sit reps are a really awesome way uh, to stay engaged with the community. Again, something yes. that not a lot of game do, uh, game dev studios do, and, and it's something I always look forward to. But if you ever need another platform to reach out, uh, by all means, Arminet is there, and uh, always an open-door invitation to come on and talk about stuff. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Thanks a lot. Cool. Reaver, you want to close us out? Yeah, so um, if you guys have questions, comments, concerns, whatever, uh, again, armanatpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send suggestions, questions, comments to our Twitter, that's uh, at armanat underscore podcast. Um, And somebody's always monitoring that in one way or another um, throughout the day. Thank you, Bohemia, uh, yours and Petka, uh, for uh, not all of Bohemia, obviously, uh, 
you two, but thank you two for coming on the show. Thank you, Bohemia, for letting you guys come on the show. Um, it's been a blast talking to you guys. Um, and it, is there anything else I need to tell them, Dagger, as far as uh, how to contact us? I think I got all the contact information. You got it. If you um, can't find us by now, then yeah. <laughs> we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. Um, Thank you guys for being on the show. Um, It's been great. And uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, We hope to hear from you guys again soon. Stay tuned for the next episode of Arminet.